Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. It's episode 882. We've got a returning friend of the show. Always a great discussion. Um, we've got Brian Jackson, the co-founder of Forge Media, uh, former chief marketing officer at Kinster. Um, so, uh, Brian, would you like to give a quick 30-second intro to the new listeners and viewers that might not have come across you before, Brian? Sure, yeah. I think you did a good intro for my kind of background. So right now, it's just my brother and me. We developed two WordPress plugins, Perf Matters and NovaShare, and that's pretty much what we do full-time right now. So that keeps us plenty busy. And then I do try to blog on one of my blogs whenever I get time, but these days, it's pretty much just plugin development, pretty much constant. So, Well, that was short and sweet. I've got my great co-host, Kurt. Kurt, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Sure thing, Jonathan. Uh, I own an agency called Manana Nomas. Uh, we focus largely on membership and learning websites, and I also run the Manana Nomas podcast. That's great. Like I say, we're going to be talking about all things AI, how Brian thinks it's going to be affecting uh, content mar- marketing in the short term and also in the medium term going to be talking about how it could affect privacy and a load of other stuff it should be a great conversation before we go into the meat and potatoes of this great show i've got a couple of messages from our major sponsors we will be back in a few moments folks are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging sensei lms by automatic is the original wordpress solution for creating and selling online courses sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any wordpress page or post For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. Just want to say we've got some great special offers from the sponsors, plus a curated list of the best WordPress plugins that me and my team utilize all the time to save you a load of hassle crawling google to find the best solution for your clients you can find all these goodies by going over to wp-tonic.com slash deals wp-tonic.com slash deals and you'll find all the goodies there what more could you ask for Probably a lot more, but that's all you're going to get on that particular page. Uh, um, so, Brian, let's go straight into it. You know, um, I know you've been blogging a little bit. Um, you've been discussing it in general a bit. So, so it's probably been in your mind. So how do you see AI affecting content marketing? Um, let's say for the short term, for the next year, and maybe got any views about how it might affect things in the slightly midterm the two to three year term yeah i think short term i still think we're like kind of in a testing playground because things are going so fast like i don't think it's slowed down yet i think at some point it will like start slowing down as far as what content marketers can do maybe not other stuff uh, as far as ai but 
Um, as far as like just content creation, I think people right now, I just, I'm even myself, I'm just playing around with it every single day. I mean, I use it to like quick couple examples. It's like, you know, like it's late at night, I'm writing something that I need to publish. Um, I don't like how I wrote it because it's kind of like writer's block or just because I'm tired. I'll just ask AI to rewrite it for me and give me a couple variations. And then most of the time, I actually really like what they spit back sometimes. So, and you can even pick. So, I mean, stuff like that is just huge compared to what we've had in the past. And I know growing up in high school, you know, I launched tons of blogs. I flipped websites. So I was constantly figuring out ways to produce content. You know, I've done the, I don't know if you've ever heard of iWriter. That's a place to get like dirt cheap content, not mostly the best quality, but like these were the places that people in the past went to get content. Like they went to third sources, pay $5, pay $10, pay quality, you know, $500. doesn't matter, but people would outsource it. And so now, in my opinion, like iWriter is irrelevant almost at this point. Like, it's just like, why pay someone $5 when you can just have uh, Google Bard or ChatGPT just spit out probably the exact same quality as what they were going to do for $5. Um, so um, that in the short term, I think you're just going to have all these sites publishing all this AI data. So what I think is going to be interesting in the long term is you're going to have a mix of AI written content and human written content on the web like going forward. And so what I don't know what's going to happen is how Google is going to treat this. Like, because Google already has said that they're going to. Can I, inter- can I interrupt slightly? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you in your heart, do you think Google have any idea how they're going to deal with this? Cause I, I don't think they, they even know. I think the search engines are also scrambling like, like a lot of other people are with the AI changes. Um, but I also do think that they're pretty smart too. I know a lot of people don't like Google and hey, Google. SEO oh, they, they do stuff. no evil. Do um, they? So, but I also think they're pretty smart at detecting things too. And if they'll figure out a way to detect AI content pretty accurately, that is long-term, I would be more worried about, you know, if I was a content marketer, say making a whole site with like 90% AI written content. Cause right now, I don't know how much you've, tried this yourself but like you can still tell that things are not 100 percent quality yet when you spit out like if you try to do an 800 word article on what is wordpress there's a lot of stuff repeating right now and it's just not to the quality that like a human would write it yet and so i'm sorry it will get there though so because you 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 kind of um touch this obviously you're a very experienced content um, professional you know you've based your own a lot of your career on producing and you were well known for the quality of content and your part obviously it was a team enterprise but your part in the success the initial success that Kinster managed to generate but we also, you touched on it, we also got to be uh, honest here, before AI, a lot, and I'm not going to choose some specific titles, um, targets, but it's well known that there are certain WordPress-based businesses that just flooded, flooded search and 
word WordPress generated topics with basically low quality um, content which came from the far you know from from the Indian subcontinent you know they they were a content farms which and, uh, it's well known isn't it I don't, I don't think I'm saying anything anybody in the industry doesn't know what do you what's your response well, I, to what, what I just said yeah I mean a lot of the content is written overseas because like $5 an article, like you, you couldn't live in the U S making that much. So that's why a lot of the low quality content is just written overseas where cheaper. Content yeah. But is. what I'm saying um, is I, I, but, I haven't put it very well is that Google puts out, it's all about quality yet when it suits it or when it's technology, it ranks, it's consistently ranked sites that are known in the industry to just to produce consistent garbage. So I find well, that I find true. that interesting. Can you put any I've, I've interrupted twice because I wanted to get to the meat of what really interested me. Can you give any insight why Google consistently puts and you based your career on quality and it was successful you, but there's other sites that it's just garbage, yet they get results. So I'm puzzled. Well, and that's and I won't name anyone either, but like when I when we I met with Kinsta, like that was the whole goal was like we see what's in the WordPress space as content wise. Like I we know we can do it better. Let's just grind for two years as hard as we can at this, like qual- focus on quality. And that was really our whole goal. And like I think we accomplished it pretty well. Um and then I, I did like we saw other companies kind of try to copy the stuff and start, you know, let's do longer articles. Let's do let's hire higher quality writers and try to replicate the thing. And so like there there is better content, I think, these days. But like you said, there's companies that are still producing consistent, just like I don't even understand like why they even bother producing something because it's so low quality. Um like on a on a consistent schedule. And so I think a lot of that still has to do with with Google, I think people might not like this either, but like domain authority, backlinks, all of this still plays into the equation at some level. Like it, it's impossible to know how much, but like time in the market, as far as SEO goes to is huge. Consistency, consistency is important. Um, I think Google looks at like frequency of publishing. Um, doesn't mean you need to push out five articles a month, but do one article a month consistently, something like that. Um so all these things take play. And so like, you know, some of the bigger companies, they've been pushing out content for what, 12 years, yeah. 15 years. So, I mean, they have a lot of stuff floating out there. And so I think um, for a brand new company, like just entering today, like even with high quality content, like you're going to have a couple years of really hard grinding regardless. I'll now, tell me because, um, uh, but my, my domain authority has increased recently, getting close to 70 using... A-Ref, oh, good. Um, which for a small business, I think is an enormous achievement. Um, yeah. And, and all I've focused on is always seeing consistent small growth. Like it could be big growth or small growth. Like either one is a win in my book. So if you're seeing can, like small wins, I think just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Um, but the AI brings a whole new kink into the equation type of thing. Because before it was just like, beat high quality content that was the strategy against it and so like there's a whole new 
situation here because when I was hired, AI wasn't even really a, a thing in content marketing. It didn't even exist. Like chat GBT wasn't there. So um, I think you're going to see hybrid approaches, to be honest. If I was a writer right now, I would be using it to summarize things. I would be using it to um, write maybe less important parts of the article that are just more grunt work type of thing. Um, oh, yeah. But it- I, I've been working with my team and we just used it as a way of um, doubling the amount of content we're producing each month. Um, it needs, I mean, I'm not going to go into the specific tools. We might do a bit later on. But um, it does need, you know, you do need out, you know, the more time you put into the outline, um, the more time you put in the keywords. It does need editing afterwards. Um, the other thing I think, this is only my opinion. I just want to see if you think I might be, because you, you're an expert. I'm, I've become more than a, I wouldn't say I was an expert. I've become very educated in it because I had to. Um, but you've been paid for it, so I consider that you're an expert. Uh, I'm not being paid for it, so I don't consider that I am an expert, right? Um, when somebody actually gives you money to do something, that's when I think you can start saying you've got some expertise in it. Um, is that they're going to look, I think, um, if they see, um, if their technology can sense that it's been AI written and there's something that hasn't been AI written and they, and they think it's better content, they're going to go for the better content. I think they're also going to see, look for extra triggers like has it got a video is it is it linked to a podcast is it linked to a webinar is it linked to other signals that shows expertise or knowledge in that particular subject which the article is produced do you think i'm on the right track there no 100 percent. i think they're going to look at other factors but like you said i think they're going to see like if you have a high quality content versus high quality content with some AI stuck into it, like that might hurt you at some point too. Like they might use that as a detriment against you. So it, I, I would be careful with people out there just like using AI too much to begin with, because we really don't know what's going to happen yet as far as ranking goes. Like, again, like I said earlier, it's all kind of like testing playground right now. I'm sure there's tons of people doing 100% content AI-based sites right now just to experiment. I know that's happening. And um, I would be curious three years from now to see how well those are actually performing. So, but again, it determines on like what Google and Bing and them determine as far as like, what is AI content? Um, So I don't think that's the scary part is we don't know what's going to happen yet. I don't think two years, three years from now, just to be careful is a warning. I think. How do you, how do you think they're going to, because obviously they're in a demo, dilemma because obviously um, apart from direct purchasing of um, e-commerce products you know they a lot of their income obviously they've diversified but the main profit center is still paid search you know obviously the initial thing with open ai was it could answer your questions so you didn't have to do any searches I always thought that was overplayed because you've got to have you've got to know the right questions to ask anything. 
and a lot of people in the initial searches to find the right questions to ask, if you know what I mean. So I always thought that was overplayed. But how do you think Google's going to, because obviously Google's in a, a, a between a rock and a hard place, because I am I think I am correct. They rely on search income. You know, the it's the thing that's just, it just pours money in for them, doesn't it? No, you're right. And I think there's always going to be that battle between paid SERPs and uh, organic SERPs. And unfortunately, I think the organic just seems to be getting harder and harder and harder. Over the, ever since I've started, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And now with AI, I, I guess you could say it. I don't know how you want to look at that. Some people might say it's worse because of that. Some might people say it's easier because of that. Um, but I, like you said, like a lot of their business is on paid search. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if they take more space for paid search with all this stuff going on with AI. But another fun fact, I was just remembering this, is that um, Tom from Kinsta actually tweeted this out the other day. It says 26 of the top 100 most popular websites um, are blocking the GPT bot from yeah. crawling their sites. So that means you have the biggest companies in the world not letting these AI... Well, that's, that, you, you, you just touched the other side because this, yeah. you know, this is IP infringement on steroids isn't it now this is you know it, already yeah, authors artists you know um they need to get together because this has always been part you know google has been the biggest thief in history hasn't it no fundamental yep. you know well, they're you know they're robbers aren't they really but but this is just putting it on steroids isn't it yeah well and i've even considered I've thought, gone through that thought process. Like if I wrote a high quality article, do I want like Google Bard and ChatGPT to be able to grab all the info in a split second that I just wrote without having to even go to my website? Like that okay. seems like a, a negative thing to me. Um, just so, a bit, just a bit. Isn't yeah, it? just a bit. So it's like, it's almost, I've thought about almost doing the block myself because it, I haven't done it yet, but like it, I've definitely considered it. If I was running a big company, like it, I would have, you know, have thought through this a lot more, but I've definitely considered doing that because it's just, um, if something can just grab it and they just like, Oh, okay. Don't even need to go to the website. Got my answer. I'm done. I can go to my next thing. That's, that's a problem. And that's going to keep getting worse. So let's, I think that's going to hurt content marketers in the long run for sure. Right. Over to you, Kurt. Well, you know, my question, Brian is kind of, it's an extension of the first question, but it's from the other tangent. So you started to talk about things like content providers, almost like private label rights, you know, like where people would in the past were, or even still currently would say, oh, well, I'm going to subscribe to this content source or whatever. Right. And now we can kind of do this for free looking at these new tools. But I'm always driven by and, it, and you guys were touching on this with high quality, low quality and stuff like and I'm thinking about people that make their living doing this stuff, like being content marketers and, and content. And that's, you still have to be the subject matter expert. You still have to review everything that comes through that. And so I was kind of wondering where you, where you might think that leads for roles and positions in different, you know, we say content marketing, but like in the short term and, and midterm, two to three years, how do you think this will kind of change the role or the placement of personnel based on working with the AI? Because writers will still have a job, but I think their job might be different. 
their job will be different. Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely going to speed up content creation, I think, um, at different levels. It depends on how much the writer is using AI. But like for right, for right now, if I was at a company and hiring someone, I would not be changing any positions as far as like editors go or any of that stuff because we don't know, again, like what's, what's Google going to detect as far as AI. So like I think it would be like the base level writers if you had like a kind of a structure already. The base level writers are the ones going to be benefiting, I think, from the AI in their workflows because they're going to be cranking this stuff out, you know, Google Doc here, AI here, and they're going to be, you know, going back and forth and it's going to be speeding up their workflow. But as far as like editors go, I would not be touching that right now. I'd be the same workflow um, because I've just seen so many low quality things from Bard and ChatGPT that it's just not there yet. Now, three years from now, I would be more worried about like the editor roles and like the the ones that are kind of like prettying up the content right before you go to publish because I think AI is going to get better at this um, and it's going to get smarter and less like repeat sentences and less generic stuff. So um, I think companies need to be thinking about that because yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to hurt writers at, at all levels, to be honest, or maybe a company will say, take that editor position. Now he becomes the writer because we don't want to lose the editor and we can get rid of some of the, the lower level, maybe just content writers. Like I could see that happening yeah. too. Cause now the editor you know, he probably knows the company really well already, workflow. If he can just publish content at a faster rate himself, and then he's already editing it, it's just, yeah. So I, I could see both of those scenarios happening. I think writers are going to be less and less going forward, for sure. Um, yeah, I, it's super interesting to kind of see it all kind of play out because I use the tools a lot myself. And it's like, I still need to go through it and go, okay, well, I need to add my touch, my story, my experience, but the facts are kind of there. And then sometimes the, one of the facts is wrong. And so that's where the subject matter expert has to step in and go, Oh, well, this is incorrect, you know? Um, yeah. But, but, but I've been part, finding it real interesting to look at other people's published works and go, well, they're missing that element. They're missing that subject matter expert person that comes in and cleans it up and, and adds that touch. Yeah. It, and they're not going to win if they're still missing that stuff, in my opinion. Because like, I mean, just having done so much content at Kinsta, like we made sure every article while I was there, like none of that missed any of those things. We double checked everything. I mean, I would spend weeks sometimes on a single article writing yeah. it um, and so many hours. And so it's, you're still going to have high quality content winning in the end. Like you said, if you're missing. Yeah, but you, you were, but, you know, the only other people that I really admire that, that I thought were up to your standard to some degree was elegant, elegant themes. You know, the Divi people, they're monsters. You know, they've always been good at their SEO and, yep. you know, they're just, just a monster machine. They've got a whole team churning out stuff, but they do it a pretty good job. But most of the other people, they're just crap, aren't they? Let's be honest yep. about it. It's just, what? And it's just what, absolute, it's like absolute shit they're knocking out, isn't it? Well, and it doesn't make any sense to me because, like, you can go. I haven't looked at this for a while, but I guarantee you, it, you can go look at Ahrefs or SEMrush and look at the organic traffic for Kinsta. Like, it's just constant growth, consistently, all the way up, 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 and it's still going. So it's like, 
the other companies I've looked at some and I looked at a lot while we were doing things competing um, that like they didn't have, they had this like up and down. So it doesn't, I have never understood like, why would you spend the money, the time, even with the workflow of the content, if it's not going to produce results, like it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so, and like you said, um, I think a lot of them know that it's garbage too. If you asked like the head marketer at some of these companies, I don't think they would say like they produce the highest quality content in the space. Well, it must um, work. Yeah. But the only thing I would disagree with what you just said is it's a bit like it must work, doesn't it? Yeah, no, no, that's it. But if the less work doesn't produce the results you want against your competitor, I maybe I look at it from a different view altogether. But like if, if I'm writing content, I want it to work for me, essentially. That's that's always how I viewed SEO and content. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. When I've looked at other companies, I never understood some of the workflows. Like you said, like this consistent garbage cycle just over and over and over. And some are still doing it, even the ones that... Um, I, would say, I would say 80% are doing it. Yeah. You? I'm not trying just to be... never stop. You know, um, there are some people, like I say, the Divi... Um, I remarked to Kurt that you, when you look at their articles, you know, I I I utilize them as a way of laying out my own articles. Because um, I don't know if you've been to my own website, but we produce a lot of content. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of con- lot of video, a lot of podcasting, a lot of articles, a lot of everything. Uh, um, um, it hasn't made me a rich man yet, Brian. This is the problem. <laughs> no, but I think you might have an advantage going forward because I think with AI, I think like personal branding and other forms of revenue other than content are going to help a lot more than they have in the, maybe than even in the past. So like having a podcast, having subscribers, ha- having more than just relying on organic SEO. Cause when we were doing Kinsta, we weren't doing paid ads at the start. We were a hundred percent organic content and word of mouth. That was the whole business model at the start. And while it worked really well for us, I think that would be very, uh, I would think it would be harder today. If you started literally today doing that exact same thing, it would be a lot harder. Um, so um, I think like what you're doing, having different forms of places that people can find you, I think is going to be incredibly important going forward. I think you're right. But I think the only thing that um, is to what I call, I don't think it's actually an English word, but it never stops me, Brian. I just make up words if I like the sound of it. Um, Nicheify, find a niche. I call it nicheifying. I don't think it exists. It should do, though, shouldn't it, Brian? It's a fantastic word, isn't it? Nicheify. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, oh, Jesus, folks. I'm such a bonkey interviewer, I? Uh, um, so, <laughs> it's bonkers in general. Uh, um, um, but, um, yeah, it's fine. To, I know it's a cliche. You know, you go to all the experts and they say, find your niche, become find a niche website, you know. Um, but I think there's some truth to it, isn't it? Because I, I think that's linked to Bill. Because I think you were so right, it's about domain authority and to get that. I've got another business and trying to get the domain authority up has it, it, been so, well, it's taken me eight years to get a pretty high domain authority with WP Tonic. It's um, So I think that's what you're saying around, 
domain authority, isn't it? It's it's yeah becoming even more of a slog, isn't it? Yeah, and I think another important fact is I actually just sold one of my I used to run a gluten free website. Yeah. I just sold that a couple uh month or so ago and and I don't want to scare anyone here, but there's two reasons I sold it. Is one, I didn't have any time. Wow, we got the <laughs> we got the <laughs> FaceTime animation to go. It wasn't me. I, I was the thumbs up, I think, that did it. But um the first, I didn't have any time to work on it anymore. But second was AI. Because of the reason that I didn't have any time to really spend on it, I know that people with AI, they're going to be coming for it every single day, like just throwing out new content like competitors. So like having that in mind, I thought it was better to get rid of that site since I didn't have any time and more right. focus on my plugins and stuff. So I would make uh, just like a word of caution to people, don't spread yourself too thin with all this AI stuff happening with content because you want your content where it matters to really <laughs> be the focus. So that's important well, too. All right, we're gonna go, we're gonna go for our break, folks. It's been a fascinating discussion. Hopefully, I'm butted in too much. I get complaints, Brian. I understand, but I wanted. Hopefully, you can see why I butted in a little bit. Um, Brian's much more knowledgeable on this subject than me, but I think it's been an insightful discussion. We're gonna go for our break. We've got some other great topics. We will be back in a few moments, folks. <laughs> This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS, the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code PODCAST20. That's PODCAST20. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back, folks, for the second half of this great discussion about all things AI, content marketing. It's a passion for me, so I was looking forward to this discussion with a true expert on the subject, a true Seth Lord of content marketing. Uh, um, uh, um, but before we go into the second half, I just want to point out that if you're looking for a great hosting partner in the WordPress space, why don't you look at WP Tonic? We uh, specialize in membership and community-focused websites, but we offer great hosting for WordPress professionals. Plus, we, are, we can be your backup for when you've got tasks that you can't handle yourself, we're there for you. Plus, we offer 5, 10, and other website packages, hosting packages, special deals for WordPress professionals. To find out all these goodies, go over to wp-tonic slash partners, wp com slash partners. Find out what we can offer and book a chat with me. We'd love you to become a partner with us. So, what do you think of that, Brian? It wasn't too bad, was it? Well, well there we go. I think that's high price. Um, uh, um, 
Um, so what are your, what, you know, I think you just touched it. You just flogged one of your sides into your back plane. Uh, what are your plans co- connected to adapting to the world of AI? Links of marketing. Well, I think you just touched that in the second half. You're flogging some of your sites. Is that about it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's the answer. Drop some of the low hanging fruit, I guess. <laughs> that's what you should do. Um, but yeah, I think focus is is going to be super important. And like, I'm still focused on content on our plugin sites, like 100%. It's just, I didn't have time to like, you know, in the evenings, like sometimes I would get a passion for writing something about gluten-free because I'm gluten-free because of an autoimmune condition. So I have a do like a big passion for that. But I just had to say like, is the passion worth it with where everything's going? <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'll drop the passion because it didn't make sense business-wise. Um, so... Yeah, I think drop the low-hanging fruit is one thing. Um, and what was your, like, anything else I've learned? What was the question? What are your plans for your own business to adapt to the the world of AI? You know, you've got a small plug-in shop. A lot of the listeners to this particular podcast are WordPress professionals, agencies, plug-in people themselves, uh, implementers, it's the professional crowd that listens to this podcast. Um, what, you know, I'm sure they're in, because they're in the same boat that you are with your plug-in shop. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is, if anybody hasn't started using it, is just to go out first and start tr- trying to use it every day. I mean, make a Chrome web app. That's what I do. Like, I have Google Bard, like, actually pinned in my Mac doc, so I can click it, and it's one click away. That's how much I use it uh, back and forth. Um, so um, that's a great suggestion. I would start doing that if you haven't. Um, and think about, I've actually started using it for tickets even. Now, I'm not talking about writing, but things. Now, I'm not the main developer. My brother is the coder, like the hardcore coder. So I can code things, but I'm super slow. Um, that's the thing. So um, there's... But uh, once in a while, I'll try to take a ticket that trying to save him time because he's working on something else. And I've actually started using Google Bard to sometimes we'll need a code snippet for a customer that needs something more like tweaked a little more. And so I've used it to actually double check my code. And it's actually been super handy as far as like checking my um, like if it's if it's correct or not. Something that like would take me a little longer to like go look at like Stack Overflow, you know, piece it together because I'm not like a coding every day. And so I've used it a lot for that as far as tickets go. So like if you can find a way to work it into your support ticket somehow, whether it's code, maybe summarizing things that you frequently say back in tickets, you know, stuff like that. I would think about that workflow. Um, Then of course, content production, I mean, is another thing. Um, I will be honest, a lot of our content is docs. So it's so technical that I can't really use AI yet. Because it's so, like you said, niche um, that uh, AI just doesn't know what we're doing. So that is going to be a tricky, I think, for some people that are so far down the rabbit hole. I was talking about this on another podcast the other day with someone. It's like WordPress is messy. And I like to say that a lot. And anyone that's been in it long enough knows how just messy it is. And so like, you know, our plugins are so far down the niche that like it would be hard to produce anything with AI, like as far as content goes other than a generic, like, you know, your top five WordPress optimization plugins, which I don't like doing list posts at all anyway. So 
Um, as far as that go, I can't, you can't really use AI to say, you know, like this is the setting you need to fix and enable to fix this in PageSpeed Insights and then also tweak this other thing. It's just too far down the rabbit hole. So I think it depends on what, what your business is and how far, how deep you're going into stuff. Um, you know, I think on your website, you probably deal with some more broader marketing topics, right? So like I can see like AI, like helping with that type of stuff. But um, so I think it really depends on the business, what you're doing. But try to work it into your content production if you can. That's what I say. If it's you, cut. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear Brian talk about stuff because I can remember it wasn't long ago I was working on an article and it was like, you know, SEO optimization and looked for the top questions and the keywords and the, and what struck me was the piece I was writing was that it's like, there's not a lot of data or content on it yet. So then you're like, well, this is like the piece that SEO might be based on in the future, but there's nothing really to go on now. So you just feel like you're stabbing at it. You know, you're just kind of like, well, I hope this works. Um, what, what kind of tools and services do you think helps people in, in that regard? You've mentioned Bard and you've mentioned ChatGPT and stuff, but but are there other tools that really help you kind of ramp up or or do you just kind of stick to the to the the two basic ones? Um I stick to the basics and already, I mean, I'll be completely honest, I already feel old and behind in this space. Um, like, and I know other probably feel the same way as far as like there's so much to keep up with these days. It's yeah. just beyond almost ridiculous. And like I do a lot of reading and I keep track and like I even have a newsletter. I put out once once a month with a an AI section that kind of keeps me looking at things too, so because I don't want to fall behind. And um, but yeah, Bard, ChatGPT. Um, let me see what else I'm doing here. Um, I do sometimes use the the Bing one as well. I know I think that's based on ChatGPT technically, but Bing has some cool little features in there too. Um, but honestly, that's that's my workflow at the start. I know. Let me see if I have a bookmark still. There's other tools out there like surferseo.com. This is one someone sent me the other day that I haven't looked at yet. But there's a lot of these companies popping up as far as like be my all-in-one SEO AI tool. Um, Actually, another one I have played with a little bit now that I remember it is um, I can find it here. I sent them on a search. Yeah, sent them on a search. Yeah, you sent me on a search here. Yeah, but uh, Surfer SEO, I, I, I've been using NeuroWriter, um, and I'll, it's not—it's definitely not got the kind of polish interface of SEO Surfer. But um, I got it at a special deal, and it seems to do a pretty job. I can tell my competitors that are utilising it as well because. Um, um over the past couple of years i've become that's all i do is seo and you know knock it out i've become a junior version of brian jackson actually it's scary <laughs> really uh um, but there we are you've got to do what you've got to do haven't you you know have you found what you were going to recommend brian or you still oh, searching? I, I did yeah writeblogger.com yeah um and that's from uh like Andy and Ryan, like are two great guys that make the tool. Like Andy actually has a couple WordPress plugins. And then Ryan has been a blogger. I mean, full time, I think for the past like decade, I think I used to chat with him while I was at Kinsta. Cause I, I forget if he was a client or not, but 
I've been connected with these two guys kind of for a while on the uh, online. And yeah, their tool I'm, I think is really promising just because I know they both deeply understand the WordPress side and the blogging side, which I think is... <laughs> If these animations are going to get, which I think is it's important. Dude, it's if you got somebody got access to your account. Oh, I think it's, it's a new, I don't know if it's Sonoma or I've seen this on FaceTime with my brother too. I don't know what's triggering. I have to figure that out. I'll have to Google that later. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like their tool because I think I know the two guys and I know they know both sides. So I think I, I'm, I'm watching that tool to see like what they're doing. Cause I think that might become really cool. Um, but tools like that, I think maybe might help people. Like if they find one that's worked really, really well with their workflow. Um, but for me, I'm primarily just using Google Bard when I can. And I'm actually making a Trello card with a list of like, I'll eventually probably publish this, but of like any task I've used AI for, kind of like like a huge task list of things that I personally use it for. So eventually I'll probably, maybe I'll tweet it or do a blog article or, because I think that might be helpful for people just to see like, like here's all hundred like a hundred different tasks of what I've used it for over the course of the last year or something like that. So yeah. when it comes to Forge Media, how long have you been you and your brother been running Forge Media full time? Um we've been I think we the LLC has been around for I think since like twenty seventeen. Um but I left Kinsta in twenty twenty. Right. So we've been going full time for about and I was in January, so it's been about almost three full years now. Yeah, um, full time at this. So, so what's been a couple of um, what's a couple of things you might be prepared to share that if you that you've learned in this journey, uh, you know that you I wouldn't say surprised you, but you you now realise you should have put more emphasis on at the beginning. Um. I think figuring out um, when we originally launched, we had a WP coupons and perf matters. So those were our two. And again, these were plugins that we kind of created on the side while we were both working full-time jobs. We didn't think they were more hobbies. We weren't planning to start a business at all. That was never in the cards for us. Um, and it just kind of turned into one of those things. People kept asking like, what's that plugin on your blog, blah, blah, blah. And then it turned into, something more eventually. But one thing we learned was to do market research before launching a plugin, if you're going to do it. Um, because like our coupons plugin, we've actually phased out development on that now. So like we've pretty much shut that down. And because the space just isn't big enough, it's that plugin was targeting, targeting affiliate marketers in the WordPress space that use coupons. So, um, and I think the original thought was like, you know, I've been doing affiliate blogging for years and, you know, all these places have coupons and you know how it goes. Um, but that space is just not big enough to sustain a business. And so we found that like we've had to just phase that out on that plugin because it wasn't growing and the space just wasn't big enough. So I think anyone starting out, like make sure it's not too far down in a niche. Um, you want to find a niche, but not too far down because it, it could be just slow grinding and you never get anywhere if it's too far down. So um, we then had Perf Matters, just that for a while. And then we launched our social sharing plugin, NovaShare. And that one um, has been seen slow and steady growth, but better. Um, it's, it's a bigger space, like 
social media sharing plugin. And so that one is, has been doing better. So, um, but yeah, so find a niche, but not too far down the niche. <laughs> I guess that's, a, that's the advice. And I know that's hard to figure out too, but at least do some research. We didn't do any research at all. It just turned from a hobby to a business. And that really hurt us because we had to go through, should we shut this down? Should we, you know, all this stuff you don't really want to go through later. So, um, can I ask you why do you think that happened? Because you're not you're one of the sharpest people I know. You're you're very un you're a murderer, as we say in London. Uh, um, you're very unassuming, low profile, <laughs> but you're 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 a pretty sharp dude. Um, so why do you think you, why do you think that happened in a way? I mean, I'll be completely honest. I think it was. We didn't do any research. We thought we had a good idea and could make money off of it, but we didn't. Um, we thought the coupon space would be bigger than it is, and it's just it's just not. Um, and so, like, there's data out there for this stuff that, like, you can go find better and like look at search traffic, look at keyword traffic, look at all the stuff around your plugin space. Like, um, look at the WordPress repository. Like, like, look at how many competitors. We didn't do any of that. <laughs> so, um, as far as but again, I think part of it was because we started it as a hobby. We got people asking for it. We decided to sell it and kind of morphed into a business. But again, I think that's somehow, I think a lot of businesses kind of start that way in the WordPress space too. So, but again, I think you need to do your market research. If you're starting to do a brand new plugin, do the research first because you don't want to be end up in the same situation further down the road. It's it's not fun. Um, another thing I would say is, the thing I've learned over my course of my career ever since high school is consistency is more important than almost anything else. Um, I flipped so many sites. I've started so many new sites. If I could go back in time and change one thing, I think this was one question you had in your thing, Jonathan was I would have blogged on one site and never changed ever. Um, My personal site has been on like brianleejackson.com blog.brianleejackson.com, okmarketing.com, work up, and now I have brianleejackson.com again. So it's changing all of these things. You get diluted with all your content over time too. And so um, if I could go back in time, it would just be focused on one brand, one thing for 10 years. A good example of this is, never know if I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, Saeed from WP Beginner. Mm-hmm. Um is he's done that website for the last, I think, 10, 12 years and consistently. He has never stopped on that website. And that's why WP Beginner, like when we were at Kinsta, that was one of our biggest competitors was WP Beginner because he was so consistent. I know, Brian, I know. <laughs> and everybody in the WordPress space knows probably what I'm talking about. But like that is purely like obviously there's technical SEO skills and writing and all this other stuff. But the number one thing he has for that was consistency. So like if I could go back in time man, I screwed that up a lot, a lot of times. Um, and I learned at Kinsta was a real like light bulb moment of like, I, it took someone like paying me um, to grind doing the same thing night and day for a couple years straight thinking like, wow, I'm, I'm finally seeing things build on each other slowly over time. So um, I think that is one thing I've learned. That... All right. Over to you, Kurt. Well, please don't be angry, but you spurred 
another question in my mind that, that we didn't discuss earlier. And that is, I deal with a lot of clients and a lot of masterminds where like there's agencies all together, right? Like on a go WP day or something like that. And, um, a lot of people argue whether it helps SEO or hurts SEO to use that subdomain strategy, right? Like the main sites on the main URL and then the LMS is on an LMS subdomain and a blog's on a blog subdomain and stuff like that. Do you think it helps to split things up and be focused in those areas? Or do you think it is better to keep everything compressed in one space? From an SEO stand, from what I've personally seen, because I've had a lot of sites, I've had subdomains and I've had not subdomains. Yeah. Um, I think it's better not to do subdomains. However, there is also a structural thing that comes into play as far as like, you know, like what if you have a WordPress site, but then you're like your subdomain is like non-WordPress, like a portal that's not oh, WordPress. You, so you don't want to do that. There's, <laughs> there's a, yeah. You don't want to, you need to talk to Jonathan at WP Tonic. <laughs> that's true. We've got some, yeah, we've got some be, education for you. Yeah. Should be a hundred percent WordPress. Um, but there's other structural things to consider with that. But if I was looking at it just from an SEO perspective, I think it's always better to have it all in the same domain. I can give you an example. When we yeah. at Kinsta were going to launch the multilingual version, because we have it like 10, 10 languages or something. And we decided, do we do subdomains or do we do um, you know backslash the language or whatever? And we went again, we decided not to do the subdomains and went with the backslash. And I think it was a wise decision with uh, going forward from what we, what we saw. Um, so yeah, I think, I think SEO wise, I, I try to keep it always on the same domain. And again, I've, I've had sites on both and I've just, I, I think I personally does better if it's all in one domain. Yeah. I'm part of another mastermind and that question comes up almost on a monthly basis and trying to explain it to people is it can be mind numbing sometimes. But everyone yeah. has a reason for wanting to do it different. You know, it's it's WordPress, right? The the, the curse yeah. and the blessing. It's flexible, but it's flexible. Yeah. And sometimes due to the structure, like how you're separating things, sometimes it makes sense to separate it out. Um, but if it was me and I could structure it all in the same domain, that's what I would always do. I would always do that first. Excellent. Excellent. I think I'll pass it back to Jonathan to see if we're ready for a time machine. <laughs> Well, uh, linking to what you just said with Kurt, I think the other thing is I think any idiot can make things complicated. A, a true genius, the, the genius is making complicated things simple, isn't it? That's true. And yeah, if you were to, if you're just a simple thing of like choosing should your blog be on a subdomain or just backslash blog, like always choose backslash blog. That's a no brainer in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think people can overcomplicate things sometimes, and like. Well, you know, you say when you're dealing. I'm not trying to be funny here, but when you when you are dealing with people in the Fortune 500, you know, I'm going to get, you know, you find that their art is making thing making things as complicated as possible. Where true entrepreneurs, people that are building a business um, themselves. They, they learn the art is is to make things as simple as possible because uh, um, so it's very two different mindsets based on my experience. But um, there we go. So obviously I, I'm a bit English. Been living in America quite a while now, but I, I always see myself as English really. So it was great 
a great watch as a child of Doctor Who in the TARDIS. So if, um, so if you had your own time machine, you could go back to the beginnings of your career, Brian. Is there any advice that you that you would give yourself? Is any tips, you know, that if you were mentoring the young Brian Jackson, that you would have liked to have somebody have, to have told you? Um. Also, I binge watch. Don't, don't come on WP Toddick for interviews. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I binge watched Doctor Who last year. First Did time you? I had never seen it. Amazing show. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I could go back in time, I mean, the one thing I said earlier was consistency. Um, that's one thing. Um, but another thing is that um, it might be helpful. I have a blog post on my site, like 18, th- 18 things I've learned from building WordPress plugins, like good and bad. Maybe go check that out on my site later. I, I need to update it again. Um, but like I try to share things like that, like handling taxes for your business. Like that's a nightmare that I didn't anticipate when I first got into my business. Um, and so like, do you do an LLC? Do you do an S corp? Do you pay someone, um, to do the bookkeeping for you? Do you, um, and yes, I, I actually do pay someone (laughs) the bookkeeping and the payroll. Um, I think that's a good decision and, and you can find someone that's actually pretty cheap these days that that's all they do is kind of that for everybody. Um, but, um, stuff like that, like, do you, should you charge, uh, that, or not that's an interesting discussion i would be interested in the mastermind groups hearing what people are saying about that because i've chosen to charge vat to sales that like we have a an eu vat number and a uk vat number so when we're doing sales in the eu or uk you know we charge vat and then we submit it via the the ridiculous mini one stop shop thing that submits it to the member states is so ridiculous over there but um i've chosen to do that because i've never known like well if i was to move the business overseas i would already have this workflow in place um there's some reasons to just do it even though i'm in the us but do i need to do it if i'm in the us cuz they can't come over <laughs> Do no, to oh, I'm definitely legally. not doing that. I'm definitely so, not doing that, but I'll leave that to your discretion, Brian. So, and I've seen people on both sides of this when I've talked to them in the WordPress space. So for US businesses. So it's, that's an interesting thing, another discussion. Um, but like things like this that I had no clue that would come up uh, when I went just like, I'm going to start a WordPress business and uh, it'll be great. And so you know, think about all the things if you're going to go full time that maybe you haven't thought of, um, like do some more research again in the space. Um, another thing too was if you're selling multiple products, you should probably split that out into multiple Stripe or PayPal accounts, not put it into one. We did that early on and it was a mistake. Um, you pretty much are screwed (laughs) at that point if you can't separate it. So like, separate that out unless you plan on selling your whole business later or something with you know every product so like separating things out um is super important and i know if some people are hearing this now and they've already done that i just probably too late to go back in time and change it but anyone new think about that um yeah. but i think stuff like you, i think you're giving yeah. enough value there 
We're going to end the main podcast, hopefully. Are you okay just to stay on for another 10 minutes? Are you okay with that? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we're we're finished the main podcast part of the show, folks. We're going to stay on for some extra content. You'll be able to watch the whole show on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that because it really does help the um, podcast and WP Tonic in general. We will be back next week with another great guest. But, Brian, uh, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and your thoughts, Brian? Um, you can go to our agency site. It's forgemedia.io. Um, or my personal site is brianleejackson.com. Um, and I'm on uh, X as well. <laughs> I got to try to start saying X. So try. Nah, it's always going to be Twitter. <laughs> so, so dim. Uh, um, so, um, <laughs> Kurt, what, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Well, the agency name is Manana Nomas. So anything that's Manana Nomas online and social will come to me. And then I'm the only Kurt Von Annen on LinkedIn, which makes me super easy to find. And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn almost every day. So maybe we'll connect there. That's great. Like I say, we've got some fantastic guests this month. And uh, I booked some really amazing guests for, for November yesterday. So it, you've got some great content coming your way, listeners and viewers. We will be back next week. Remember, there's some additional bonus content that you can get on the YouTube channel part of this interview. we see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.